0: something I forgot to mention. There are listening devices on the back table if that's needed. And plenty of blankets, I think, on either side. Uh, If you're feeling cold, you're welcome to get up and and get one at any time. Mm -hmm. So this evening, this evening, uh, the topic, actually, one that was requested by one of our uh, sangha members. Um, I'm glad she's here this evening. And that is to speak on the topic of delusion. So I'm calling this talk, Lifting the Veil of Delusion. And the reason, uh, to my memory, that she she asked for this particular topic was that we hear a lot about uh, the other defilements, which I'll talk about what that is in a moment, but delusion fits in the suttas in a grouping of three, which is greed, hatred, and delusion. And we hear a lot about greed, and we hear a lot about uh, ill will or aversion, but we don't hear so much about delusion. We hear it being spoken of, but not maybe directly talked to. And... Uh, This is an important topic, and so I'm very happy that she brought this up so that I could speak about it this evening. So the defilements, these are defilements of the mind and of the heart. So you can, you get the sense that these are corruptors. Another word that I like is corrode. They corrode the... Clarity, the wisdom, um, the purity of our heart and our mind. Greed, hatred, and delusion. They're also sometimes referred to as the three poisons. The poisons of the mind and of the heart. In Pali, the word is kalesa. So you might hear them referred to in all these different ways, but this is the three that they're speaking of when you hear uh, defilements, poisons, kalesa, greed, hatred, delusion. And they're all three born out of ignorance or just our misunderstanding, are not seen clearly. That is at the... Uh, the roots of these these three defilements. Not knowing. They also feed themselves. So we can see how when we act from or believe in these uh, poisonous states in our mind and in our heart, they actually strengthen themselves. And so delusion is no different. When we are in a state of delusion, not seeing... Again, it's, it's kind of like ignorance in the way that there's a confusion. There's uh, not seeing things clearly in the deluded state. And the more we believe in that state or give it prominence or value, the more it just feeds itself. And it becomes this part of this cycle of uh, what's called samsara, a constant rebirthing of our our confusion, our delusion, our ignorance. And so this practice that we're engaged in, we come here for many different reasons. Some of us maybe we're here because we just want to be able to feel a little better, relax a little bit more, maybe sleep a little bit better. We're looking for these benefits. Uh, Many people come because we're suffering. We're desperate. We'll do anything. We'll sit for 45 minutes in silence. Yes, I will do that. Anything that you say will help because my mind and my body and my heart are uh, just falling apart. It's a mess in there. So sometimes we come because of that. Others of us come out of just pure curiosity, whatever your intention is that brings you here, it's important to know that the practice that we're engaged in, even the practice that I led at the very beginning of that sit, which was very simple, it's a very simplified version of practice, and yet is not separate from this uh, path towards a deeper understanding, a path towards liberating this mind and this heart that is so confused often, that is trying to find its way through the muck that we often find ourselves in. That's what we're doing here. On a deeper level, we are learning how to free ourselves from greed Hatred and delusion. So delusion, as one of these poisons in the mind, is really tricky. The other two are a little easier, I think, to notice that we're stuck in it. So aversion, it's like fire, that burns hot but fast, right? When we have either um, resistance or pushing away of experience, this is a great sign that there's aversion. When we have ill will, thoughts in our mind, hatred in our mind, we can often see that. We might still go along with it and believe in it, but it's, it's easy to see and easy to notice, especially when someone points it out to us. Greed is similar to that. When we're stuck in the uh, craving mind, the wanting mind, we can, we can often at least catch ourselves in it, eventually. <laughs> Delusion is different just in its nature. Each one of these defilements, it's kind of like having a veil over over our eyes. We're seeing through these particular lenses, these veils of greed, hatred, and delusion. And our reality on the other side of that veil uh, is an alignment with whatever that veil is, whether it's greed, hatred, or delusion, or a combination of the three, which is often the case. Delusion part of the delusion is that there's a veil there. We just don't even realize that that's what we're looking through. It's kind of sneaky like that. So to catch ourselves in this state of delusion is really not easy, and it can go on for a really long time. We can be stuck in deluded states for a lifetime and not even know it, where perhaps aversion, we know it's there, and we wish we could do something about it, but perhaps we don't have a strong enough chitta or heart-mind to be able to do something about it. We could spend a whole lifetime working with that, but we're probably aware of it, that that is our tendency, and one of the things that we're working with, Delusion doesn't always show itself. Certainly not clearly. Certainly, if we don't even know that we need to look for it, that's usually where we're starting. We don't even, need, don't even know that we need to look for it. So catching it is, is a real challenge sometimes, and I want to talk about some of the... Uh, Reasons why it's difficult, and some of the signposts that we can follow to notice that we are in a deluded state, and then, of course, what to do from there. As I was talking, or as I was thinking about this subject and my own relationship with delusion, I couldn't help but. Think about how, uh, out of the three defilements, culturally this one is interesting. We don't like to be told that we're deluded, do we? <laughs> culturally, if someone came up and said, "I think you're," I think there's delusion here, even if they didn't say. I think you're deluded, which maybe that's what they say. <laughs> but even just, I think there's delusion in what you're thinking. We take that really personal, don't we? It's kind of insulting if someone was to come up and say that to us. We're not so open to that feedback often. And so there's, there's a cultural piece to this phrase deluded or delusion. And I think part of it is our value system on the intellect, and that somehow uh, to be said that we're deluded um, or we're operating from delusion, it threatens our sense of intelligence and, and capacity. And we take it really personally, I think, really quickly. Is this true for anybody else? Does this seem familiar? <laughs> okay, great. I mean, I'm just... This is, was my own... Uh, reflection on what is my relationship with delusion and I don't I don't want to be seen as deluded (laughs) the other three are much better (laughs) in my mind as far as my sense of self and who I am right much rather be aversive and uh, greedy somehow isn't that isn't that a deluded statement than being deluded (laughs) isn't that something So maybe you recognize yourself in that as well. And so even just coming to terms with the possibility that maybe delusion is present is not so easy for this reason, I think. And so actually this first step of just admitting delusion is present. Delusion is in this mind. It's in this heart. Sometimes that is where we have to begin, is just admitting when it's there, actually turning towards it. Or maybe we're not quite to that uh, level of being able to recognize it, but at least being able to question, is there delusion present right now? Without it being this harsh attack on ourselves, you know, without it uh, being followed with self-hatred, and self-judgment, which can be the patterning, because we have a strong idea of what that means, which is also steeped in delusion. So we can see already how complicated this can, can be, just to even name. I believe delusion is present right now. The truth is, to be able to name something like delusion... I was thinking of it as if you've ever had an illness of some kind, an ailment that has followed you for for a while, and you go to the doctors, and you go to the specialists, and nobody knows what it is. Perhaps you've experienced this, or maybe you're experiencing this in your life right now, or know someone like this, where no one seems to have the answer. And it's, it's really disturbing. It's... Um, Very upsetting to our peace of mind. Uh, There's, it can actually be really scary. A lot of fear arising for those who have illness that is hard to diagnose or maybe can never be diagnosed. And then all of a sudden, you go and you find the right person who just gets it and sees it and recognizes it and says, "Oh, honey, this is delusion." This is the ailment. What a relief. What a relief to have that information. Oh, this is just delusion. You know, so if it was an ailment, uh, oh, this is this particular disease. This is what's happening in your nervous system. This is the treatment for it. There's actually something to be done about it. You would be so relieved, even if it was a diagnosis that wasn't a great one as far as uh, the outcome, but just to know, oh, this is what it is. It's a relief. It's much more relieving than uh, being in that not knowing what this is, that confused state, that state of limbo. Acknowledging the delusion can be like this. When we can actually turn towards it and see that it is actually there. What a relief. Oh, it's just delusion. It's not personal. It's just delusion. And then from there, we can work with it. We can actually do something with it. Sometimes, uh, depending on our personality, delusion can show up in different ways. There's different road maps or different road signs to indicate delusion is present. Even just so we can say, oh, I think delusion is here. We have to know what the signs are. We have to get intimate with it. And depending on our personality or depending on our situation, it can be different. So sometimes, uh, and we know perhaps we are this person or we know this person, delusion shows up as being uh, oblivious to what's going on around us or even inside of us. Just kind of oblivious. Maybe really happy-go-lucky Everything's just fine, but just not really connecting with the world around us and inside of us. This can be one of the signs of delusion. Not really paying attention sharply enough to see what's going on here. Sometimes it shows up as confusion. Uh, Just confused, muddled, not clear what's going on, trying to connect, but just not having a way to, to really penetrate what, what is happening right now, what's happening internally. The mind is just whirling around in itself, not having clarity. Sometimes our delusion gets mixed up with our aversion, and we can feel very righteous in our delusion. Uh, sometimes we have this idea like we have the answers or this is the answer. And our, our cup is completely full. We're not open to any other suggestions. Uh, we're not actually seeing the larger picture This sometimes is a signpost for delusion. So it can manifest in so many different ways. These are just a couple of examples of how it might appear within ourself. And in all of those, it's hard to see. It's hard to see. So with confusion, when it arises as confusion it's like we're operating in this fog. Maybe you've experienced this where you just feel like you're going through life or maybe going through your spiritual spiritual practice and you're going in a direction, but it's kind of like you're just doing this and 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 just trying to find yourself through uh, this fogginess, this confusion. And sometimes that works out. Other times you, you know, symbolically fall off a cliff (laughs) because you just don't even know where you're going. We talk a lot about the path of the Dharma as being a path, being a clear way towards this liberation. When we're stuck in our delusion, our path isn't clear. It doesn't really make sense. Uh, We get distracted really easily, actually, when we're in this state. Perhaps we even uh, find ourselves veering off the path because we see something, well, that looks pretty, and we go over here and we start to um, forget. What is it that brought us here in the first place? What is it that we're um, valuing? What is it that is actually going to lead towards this freedom in the heart and in the mind that we so crave, that we so desire, but we've just kind of lost track. Or perhaps you see it just in your sitting practice. You're sitting there, and you kind of know what you're doing. Perhaps you're making it look good, <laughs> but internally it's kind of, what, what, what was I supposed to do again? And you're just uh, reaching around in that, in that fog, just trying to get through those 45 minutes. So it can look like this. When confusion is here, one of the ways that we can uh, work with it is to know who our guides are. So in the Buddhist practice, we have the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. We chanted these refuges um, just after the sit. These are the suggested guides for our practice, especially when there's this level of confusion. so the the Buddha, um, the p- person who's actually already gone through it all, uh, the example of what's possible the um, the one who's created. Uh, that path of clarity. So that might be our, our way back towards um, that clear path and out of confusion, just looking to see what did the Buddha say about this. Or maybe it's the Dharma, this universal truth, coming back to what do I know that's really true, that's an, al- an alignment with uh, the freedom of greed, hatred, and delusion? What do the wise do in this experience, or what would they do in this experience? What would be the wise course of action? So referencing back and finding your guide through the Dharma. Dharma. Or perhaps it's through the sangha, our community. And maybe that sangha is kalyanamitas, your spiritual friends. The person in your life or people in your life whom you can go to and say, boy, I'm just so confused about this. And this is what I'm thinking, but I just don't know that this is true. And what what do you think? And you trust them. Uh, These are people who are also taking refuge and having uh, guides like the Buddha and the Dharma and the Sangha guide them. Uh, Perhaps it's a teacher, someone that you really trust, that can cut through, help you cut through. They can't do it for you. No one can. But can help help you cut through that delusion. So knowing who your guides are, this is really important when we're working with delusion. Sometimes delusion looks like spinning out. <laughs> Our mind is spinning out. I experience this as a circular motion of the mind of there's the problem arising, the mind really trying to figure it out, but not out of wisdom. This is important. It's figuring it out, not out of wisdom, but from that wellspring of ignorance, of not understanding, not seeing clearly, and yet it still continues to go around in circles, like a dog chasing its tail, just trying so hard to work out the problem. And it gets nowhere. How many of you have experienced this in your lifetime? All the time. Yeah. I was really amazed. Um, I'm six months pregnant, and the, this experience has been a real, a experience, or a non-self experience. <laughs> Those of you who have experienced pregnancy know exactly what I'm talking about. So it's a, really a, a takeover of the body. Um, this body is certainly uh, not mine right now. <laughs> and it also is a takeover sometimes of the mind. The hormones are really strong, emotions arise, uh, confusion can set in, and it's amazing to watch through practice the mind spinning out. And I had a couple of days where this was happening, and it was just like a mental takeover, and I could see the mind trying to figure out what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Not a great thing to do when you're in the middle of a hormonal surge, by the way. (laughs) There's no answer at the end of that tunnel. (laughs) So I just watched it. And I watched as sometimes I believed it. And I could see myself falling into it. Like, yes, yes, I need to figure this out. It seemed really rational. And then I would just kind of fall, you know, go down the rabbit hole with it. And then I'd kind of wake up, oh this is ridiculous. This, you know, I can't trust my mind right now. I cannot trust my mind. And so then I would just watch it. Sometimes it would calm down and then it would start up again and I would just watch it do its thing and just be present with it and not get caught by it. And then I'd get caught again. And I did this for two days and, um, very unproductive days, I'll tell you, in all all respects of work, life, whatever. It was really incredible to see. I'm sure it won't be my last one. <laughs> and so this is what the mind does. And it's easy to get caught by it. It does seem rational. But of course, if my mind had manifested as another person who was saying out loud all that was going on in my mind to me, I wouldn't trust that person very much. (laughs) Or I certainly wouldn't think, wow, they're really wise. I should really follow their example. I think I should follow them. There is no way I would have that opinion of that person. And yet, because it's internal, we do, right? We believe it. Because it's internally happening, it seems so real and rational. And yet, it's completely soaked in delusion. So it's just interesting to notice that and to own it. You know, that this is part of being human. This isn't personal, Delusion often, as it arises, uh, that's the other part of delusion. We have this really strong sense of self that arises with our delusion. And so even noticing that this is delusion, that sense of self comes up and, oh, (laughs) this says so much about me. It doesn't at all. It doesn't at all. Only if we give it that satisfaction only if we don't see it clearly for what it is. It's just a manifestation of not seeing clearly, of ignorance. Just as greed and aversion, ill will, same thing. This is delusion. And so not believing our mind when we are in this spin-out state. Don't trust it. You don't need to. The wisdom that can hold it then can watch it, can be present with it, can operate with it in a wise way, can make sure that our actions and our speech are not driven by that very confused, deluded mind. When our speech and our actions come from those places, we very easily cause harm to ourself and to others, that the dukkha, remember dukkha um, uh, being unsatisfactoriness or uh, that rub with how things really are. Um, when we're stuck in, our, in that dukkha state, when we are perpetuating it with our diluted thoughts, speech, in actions, um, we cause we cause great harm to ourselves and others. So if we can see that it is what it is, if we can use our guides to help navigate it, to help recognize it, if we can not trust the mind, don't give it value, those thoughts. Don't trust it. Allow it to just be a manifestation that comes through without us attaching to it and being driven by it, uh, then we can start to break the cycle of creating more and more delusion, more and more harm, more and more dukkha. And then it goes in the other direction of creating harmony, creating balance, clarity, wisdom, freedom in this heart and mind. Lastly, one of the road signs, uh, and there's more than just this, but these were the ones that came to mind when I was reflecting on delusion. This feeling of stuckness, I find, is often a sign for uh, delusion in the mind. This feeling of we're no longer stretched out, arms stretched out, kind of creeping through the fog, moving forward anyway. We're actually in the quicksand. We have multiple options of directions, perhaps, and we just don't know where to go. And nothing seems clear. This might be in our practice, how to move forward in our practice. It might be in another aspect of our life, just stuck, don't know where to go. And we can stay stuck for a really long time. And oftentimes what's happening in these places of stuckness is the strong sense of self, uh, feeling like we are to move forward Uh, is going to, in any particular direction, is going to damage or um, uh, maybe even shatter this uh, house of self that we've created, this structure of who we are. And so we'd rather just not move at all and just be stuck. But this place of stuck is... Not only confusing and deluded, it's very painful, especially over time. And we'll see that if we really look at it, that at the heart of it is at this delusion of sense of self. When this is true, we need to investigate. Not figuring it out from a place of delusion like I was talking about, but investigate with wisdom. Investigate what is actually here, what's actually happening right now. Going below our surface questions of what do I do? Uh, What does this mean for me? What is the right answer? What is the right way? What's the right way to be? Actually going below those surface questions and looking at where is the sense of self coming in? Where is the threat to the sense of self? Is there a sense of um, a permanence that's being threatened? A permanence of my character or a permanence of how I see myself that's being threatened? Is there dukkha that's being created? Is there suffering being created? what would the wise choice be to move forward? What is the choice that does not include harming another person or myself? Starting to really investigate what's going on in that stuckness instead of just sitting there hoping that the answer will come. There's this great saying that sometimes we... We'll scour the horizon for the horse that we're sitting upon. <laughs> we'll start looking all over the place for the answers or looking to other people to just tell me what to do. <laughs> How many of you have been in that place where just tell me? I'll do whatever, Whatever you say to do, I'll do it. I just want someone to just tell me what to do so I don't have to figure this out or I don't have to make a decision right now I don't have to move. So we can look all over the place, even look towards the Dharma sometimes and in this unskillful way, or even the people who are teaching the Dharma sometimes in this unskillful way, without really investigating for ourselves what's really true right now, what's actually happening. Where is this stuck actually coming from? Because the answer is right there. It's just covered up by that delusion and that confusion. The answer is right there, right where you are. It's just we're looking in all the wrong places often through our delusion. We have an idea of what the answer should look like or feel like. We have a preference of what the answer should look like or feel like. And so we miss it completely, and it's right, right here, right where you are. Oh, but we forget to look because of this delusion. So these are my thoughts uh, on the topic this evening I think I'll stop there and just see if there's any questions or comments about this theme. And we have a mic we'll just run through. It's helpful for everyone to be able to hear uh, by using the mic. So I appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Let's just make sure it's on. Yeah, about right here in front.
1: Hi. Well, how do you know if you're seeing things clearly? I mean, you listed lots of ways that you know you're deluded, but how do you know if you're actually seeing things clearly?
0: <laughs> that's a great question. Well, there's different ways. So, first of all, um, you might not be able to know if you're seeing things clearly, and that's why going to your guides is really important. Knowing who is it that we trust to help us uh, see if we're, if we're in alignment, Um, Going to the suttas is what I'm, how I'm acting, how I'm thinking. Is this really an alignment to uh, this path towards freedom or is it creating more suffering? That's one way is to to go to our guides. Another way is to see, is this causing more suffering in my life? Is there more of that feeling of friction against uh, how things are? Or does it actually allow me to be in the flow of how things are? So that's another way. Um, Through our investigation, really taking a close look with honesty, with honesty, sometimes even just asking the question, I find, is this delusion? There'll be this very clear yes. This is delusion, right? And you'll know when it's clear because the heart becomes clear. The mind becomes clear. You're no longer causing the repercussions of harm in yourself or others. It actually uh, can become much more obvious but, but it's different depending on our relationship, how much we really understand and know delusion. So if we're just starting to be able to name it and just starting to get to recognize it, it will be a little bit more difficult. But over time, as we get to know it, oh yeah, there's my old friend delusion. I know this so well. There it is. Absolutely, my old friend delusion it's just delusion oh yeah there it is okay I know what to do with this it becomes much more uh, recognizable yeah
1: I have a quick very basic question sure um could you define delusion <laughs> <laughs>
0: The way that you're thinking about it. It was interesting. I went through the suttas to see if I could find a really clear definition of how the Buddha was using the term, and it might be in there. I just couldn't find it in time. But the way that I understand it is that it's this um, manifestation in the mind, uh, a coloring of the mind, this... this, um, corruption in the mind that is getting in the way of ourself being able to see clearly. And so then it manifests in all these different ways on a more um, obvious level of confusion, uh, that stuckness, that mind spinning out of control. Uh, Sometimes it looks like uh, righteousness (laughs) when we're just so uh, sure that we 've got it right, and everyone else is wrong, <laughs> so it can manifest in all these other ways, but at the heart of it, I think it it really is this um, lack of clarity this this uh, short view in a way of how things really are so i it's maybe that 's not the most clear definition. Um, but is that helpful at all? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I think of it as um, as this very tight view. Is how it shows up. This very tight view of how things are, not seeing uh, that bird's eye view of the uh, the universal truth of the way things are. An example of this was self. Okay. This idea of this solid, permanent, this is me. This is who I am. So right now, everyone, point to yourself. (laughs) Okay, where are you? If I said, where are you? (laughs) Yeah, some of you know, (laughs) right? But actually, it is. It's kind of complicated when you really think of it. At first, you'll just, you know, well, yeah, I'm right here. Or if you really start to think about it, I don't know, I'm... Here? Um, It's not that easy to answer. But if you are to just point to yourself and simplify it, think about what you're pointing to. Are you pointing to this body? This idea of this body? Boy, we are very much in belief that this body is this solid part of ourself. Well, if I'm anything, I'm at least this body. Without this body, how would I exist? Okay, there's some truth to that. And what is this body? It's constantly changing. This thing that seems so solid, like in a a solid state. Even scientists know, on a cellular level, is changing constantly. Constantly. Just the operations of the body, constantly changing, trying to stay in balance, trying to support your vitality, you are not the body that walked in here at 7.30. You've already changed, but we don't think of it that way, right? So we, we already have this, this kind of diluted sense of ourselves. So if we're not this body, then what are we? Are we this mind? I hope not. <laughs> no. No, this mind is constantly changing. And where is this mind? Point to that. Is it up here? Is it down here? Here? The brain is up here. But where is this mind? Where is all this stuff coming from? Is it our memories? Our memories point to your memories. And so this, this idea, this sense of who we are... Uh, it seems so solid, so permanent, so true, when we really stop to think of it. We're really operating in this kind of a deluded sense of of self. And so it's, it's subtle in some ways. There is the truth that you are here, you're sitting here. You are who you are. But the delusion is that that's always the same, we have this sense of time that's very much a delusion. That you are the same person who walked in here at 7:30 is just not true. It's an illusion can be a delusion. An illusion that we believe in strongly. right?
1: appreciate um, what kind of well I guess kind of a light bulb went on for me when you were talking about the connection between the self and and delusion and I was thinking well um, the if I think of the purpose of delusion as being uh, maintenance of the self to maintain the self that's what delusion is it's just about keeping the self together um, and So whenever, and somehow it enables me to not um, be so upset about my delusions, it's kind of like, oh, well, that's just the self trying to maintain itself. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. It's not really such a big deal. I can just watch it. It's it's not me as much as this thing that's going on to keep the self going. Yes. And... Before you had mentioned, you, you had talked about the house of self, and what I, what I had thought you were gonna say was the house of cards. And I thought, well, that's, a, that's perfect. The, house, the self is a house of cards. And it doesn't make, take, take much for it to be threatened. You know, it's just,
0: you know... Or to fall anything, apart. <laughs> Right, anything.
1: You push any card and the self starts to, you know, you know starts to crumble and then we need another delusion that's to keep right. it going.
0: What's so. that game with the blocks and you, have, you try Jenga, right? And you're pulling out the pieces and eventually the whole thing collapses. Right. And that's constantly happening to us. And the delusion is that uh, at no point will we pull something out and all that collapse? (laughs) So we're surprised when it happens. And it's like, oh my God, my whole world is falling apart because it shouldn't be going like this, right? Mm -hmm. But of course, you know, this is life. Mm -hmm. Things are always changing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't go the way we thought. Who we are is constantly changing because of it. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so I see more hands, but actually we do need to stop there. Uh, I'll I'll be up here for a little while if you want to ask your questions. Um, That's just fine. You can come up to me after. So it's an interesting reflection and certainly a worthwhile uh, practice to take on, to start to see, to start to question, is delusion present? And if so... Uh, to practice with it, to be there with it, to begin to really understand it, not to be ashamed by it, uh, but to gain wisdom from it, actually. So I hope that for all of you. (laughs) So let's dedicate the merit. I have a number of cards here, which is really quite beautiful. So what I'd like us to do is to sit in silence... And I'm going to do my best to read through. Mm. So we take this time to acknowledge the goodness, the wholesomeness of our time spent practicing in this way, listening to the Dharma, practicing being in harmony with each other. And the wholesomeness that comes from practicing in this way, we take time to not only acknowledge that it's not just for us, that the ripple effects of this wholesomeness, it's not just for us, it goes out into the world but we'll also take time to specifically dedicate it to the people in our communities and in our hearts. So we'll dedicate the merit to Susan Hua, who's facing a difficult time in life with great courage We dedicate the merit this evening to the refugees who are needing warmth, food, and a home right now, to a dear friend, Ilma, who is homeless right now. To Nuria, and that may she be guided by her own heart and and inner light. To one of our members' granddad, uh, Woodrow, I think it's Antel, who passed away in this last year to one of our members' uh, cousins. I think it's Joni, who is in hospice right now. To Bunny Cupsaw, who is Wendy's mother, 92 years old, and is ailing right now. To Ellen Smith's friend, Nina, Nina Falk. Who's in the process of dying, and she's actually taking her last breaths this evening. Perhaps there's someone who hasn't been mentioned that you'd like to just hold in your heart. And so we take this time to dedicate our practice to these beings and to all beings everywhere. Those whom are seen by us and known by us, and those who go unseen by us. May this practice be for the benefit of all. May all beings... Find peace in their heart. May all beings find strength in their mind. May all beings have the opportunity to experience freedom in both the mind and the heart.